0: You are listening to Seize the Day with Natalie now. During these podcasts, we'll be exploring all of the different opportunities that we get to seize the day on a daily basis and what tools and what changes we can make in order to grab those goals. Are you ready to make change? Hello, 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 podcast lovers. How are you all? It's Thursday. I'm Natalie and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now, I'm super excited today. I have a guest on who is, not only is she wonderful, but she has written my favourite book so far this year in 2019. She's awesome. She has got so many GCLS Goldie titles under her belt. She loves Vegemite more than Marmite. Uh, Ordinarily, that might be a deal breaker, but she's pretty cool. (laughs) Please put your
1: hands together for Emily Noyes! Nice. I'm, I'm I'm, clapping for myself. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> how are you?
1: I'm very well, how are you?
0: Not bad. Now, I normally go to say good morning. Typically, everyone's in... Well, the recent
1: guests have been in America, but it's good evening. It is. I am a Southern Hemisphere girl. Um, And just for those who don't know, it is currently winter in the Southern Hemisphere.
0: (laughs) Although it's probably, although today's lovely, but I was going to say it's not usually warmer than it is over here anyway. Although you've been having freak weather at the moment, have you?
1: We have many bushfires um, and I came home from New Zealand, negative temperatures to like mid, low 30s, so it seems we've skipped spring already um, and gone straight to summer and everything's on fire, so (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Australia. great. that's hectic. Bless you. Yeah.
0: So oh, you yeah. are in Australia. Uh, for everyone mm-hmm. listening, where are you recording from? Are you at home? Are you – what can you see around
1: you? A mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that the, the writer creative mess? <laughs>
1: uh, like my work desk is immaculate at at my actual, you know, day job. But my desk at home is just – oh, my God, what can I see? Xbox controller, um, books, 50 headphones – cotton buds for my ears because here's an admission I have really itchy inner ears so I'm constantly scratching them so there's like this packet of cotton buds um <laughs> there's a New Zealand one dollar coin I found on my last day oh, it's just oh a buy ally pin it's l- literally just like just crap strewn everywhere yeah organized so that's chaos. basically it is organized chaos but um it works well so
0: Oh, that's absolutely marvellous. And now you've mm. mentioned New Zealand a couple of times now. You're just back of holiday. You've been I am, skiing. Alas. I It
1: have. looked amazing. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I just... Uh, we were there for... Um, well, I was there for 16 days um, and skied 12 of those. And um, we spent a day on the Rootburn track, which is a, a like a multi-day hike, which was just fabulous. And, you know, like I said, I just drank far too much and ate even more and just skied constantly. Like, it was basically like my, my dream holiday. Um, but yeah, back to work this week. I've
0: never, I've never skived, I must say. I've never skied.
1: You've never skived? I've never skived either, but I have skied. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I've only had one sip of um, beer. I must tell everybody. So Emily <laughs> and I are
1: doing this over a drink. What are you drinking, Emily? Um, I am drinking in honour of the drink that you bought me at GCLS – 2018 a blue moon oh
0: yeah. awesome cheers to that and I have a cheers in chink, hand, chink. So cheers cheers oh, to everybody good. listening cheers.
1: I'll just <laughs> on, I'll just I'll chink my glass because I'm there drinking it out of a, a glass because I'm classy I
0: love that and now <laughs> up, that's how we met wasn't it
1: last year in GCLS it was, uh, it was all, well yeah well we met in person um yes you know we 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 twitter met before that but um we did meet in person at GCLS 2018.
0: Isn't Twitter a great place to meet? It
1: is. I've met so many fabulous people. Social media, hey.
0: Social media is a crazy world. It's brilliant, <laughs> yeah. brilliant. And now we've is. been we've been threatening to do this for. We have. Oh, <laughs> probably since we met. Well, when, since I started, at least. Anyway, so it's great that we're finally doing it. One of our, well, one of my listeners and one of your readers actually nudged a little the other day. Doreen, hello, Doreen. How are you? Hope you're well. Hi, Doreen so yeah we're doing it Woo. right so now let's talk about you everything there is to know or within limits <laughs> we're trying not to go over too many boundaries uh, oh what, I don't um, have many boundaries I mean <laughs> this is dangerous this is dangerous <laughs> but just want to know about how it all started for you in the writing world and is there a life before writing when and how did you get into it
1: uh, why and how you got published oh gee where do I start you can't leave it open. You've got to ask me a specific question. Wherever you want to. Okay. <laughs> How did you start writing? Um, on a computer. <laughs> with my hands typing on a keyboard. No, sorry. That's a really dick answer. Um, so, and I have said this before, is I really was just bored. Um, and because I have such an active brain, I just had an idea. And I had sort of been bashing out a few little weird World of Warcraft role play stories to continue the role play after, you know, you get together with friends in role play. And then, um, they all went on Tumblr and they're gone now. So don't anyone try to find them. <laughs> and it sort of just snowballed from there. And I would just, um, I just had an idea and it was just weird. And I just thought, you know, why not? And I, it just, that's how, uh, AT sort of came to be. AT being ask tell, which I hate, you know, and I have said this before, I've, I thought of the title myself, and you know, it's it fits because I don't ask and tell. But I hate say I feel every time I say it, a little piece of me just cringes a little bit. It just feels really corny and weird. So,
0: oh really? See, it's I eighty.
1: Would... Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's an amazing story. It's really fantastic. Absolutely loved it, and if you know the follow on as well, ask me again. Oh my goodness, I really adored that book. Obviously, not quite the same in terms of the content slightly more no no rougher for the characters and I mean very emotional it definitely made me cry a lot Uh, but no it's a great book (laughs) oh did you yeah you can feel that though I think that's that comes across and that's probably why it's quite authentic and well certainly it resonates as well we all struggle with different challenges and how did you research that actually
1: I did do a little bit of research on PTSD uh and what I sort of found was that it sort of regardless of the, the cause of the PTSD, be it, um, you know, like trauma from a, you know, I mean, in war, for lack of a better term, you know, like, um, you know, military incidents, um, you know, abuse, trauma, anything like that, that it just manifests in so many different ways. So I just thought, well, shit, how am I going to do that? So what I sort of decided was that I would take something of my own experience um, with anxiety, and that's i mean if if you sort of look at it as the root sort of cause of all Sabine's, everything that sort of happens to her in the way that she everything she experiences is is because of um anxiety, so yeah. um not being in control um how the relationship doesn't quite feel right um how she you know and all that sort of stuff so so from that perspective it was uh it was just a sort of a personal sort of like you know I'm just gonna. Base it on that, and then away I went. Um, and it works. So
0: I think it really works because you can yeah, identify with the characters. Uh, or a I mean, a bit, yeah,
1: yeah. It, it. I mean, and it was a really hard book to write. It was hard because it's you know um, they were they were my first gals. You know they were my yeah. first my first two characters, and you know I I originally wrote it for myself, and and to make them struggle so hard was was really difficult reflective of life i think
0: so hang on so yeah they were your first girls ask tell your first book then you went on to Mm -hmm. write
1: i then wrote it was i don't write uh, the way the books are released aren't necessarily um the order in which i've written them oh okay okay um i wrote ask tell and then I pretty much immediately started on "Ask Me Again," but it, it was literally called "Sequel Dealio. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you keep that? <laughs> keep that. I know. I. It's so marketable. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I literally only wrote it because I missed them so much. And it, and it it started with uh, sort of directly after AT, and then. Um, Sabine got chuffed off to another deployment and they spent basically the whole book apart and she was falling apart and Beck, you know, and I was like, well, this sucks. What a, what a crappy way to, you know, so I sort of put it aside and while I'd been working on that, I had started working on Turbulence, uh, which is the second book that was released with Bella. Um, so it sort of went from there and then AMA was always sort of in the background, um, And then I started, you know, I finished turbulence and I started working on gold. Uh, And while I was working on gold, I started on a loan which I shelved for quite some time because I just, it was just a bit weird. Um, we have
0: got to talk about that book in a minute. Okay, go on, carry on. I know, we
1: should We should probably stick like, okay, um, spoiler <laughs> alert, <laughs> do, do, Actually, that's do a not move past point, this point. Or if you haven't read AMA, or if you, if you haven't read it, if, but if you, I mean, I love spoilers. Like, I'm that person that goes online and says, <laughs> what happens in the season finale of XYZ? Because I just have
0: to know. No!
1: I do, I'm really bad. I just like knowing stuff, so, yeah. <laughs> um, And what, you know, while I was working on that, I've been working on a bunch of other stuff, so.
0: Now I've forgive me. I've not read Turbulence. That's the one I need to pick up. Um, that's all right. I skip. <laughs> yeah. It's a sexy one, right?
1: It's. I remember saying that to GCLS. It's a little bit sexy. That's and right. And it was just something. I don't need. You know, it. It just sort of ran. I, I mean, it is what it is, and I do like it a lot. But it, it is very just sort of. You know, it's it's a bit. It of does a, what it says on the fine. tin. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. Which is it, as advertised. As <laughs> <laughs> Advertised. <laughs> I always keep, <laughs> no false advertising here. Yep, yep. Can't, can't take me to consumer affairs.
0: <laughs> your Goldie wins are for ask me again and for gold.
1: Yes, that's correct. A gold, a Goldie for gold. I did chuckle over that. A
0: Goldie for gold. <laughs> and now that's about skiing as well, though. So you bring your own it knowledge is. and expertise into
1: that, right? I wouldn't call it expertise. <laughs> <laughs> I s- we um we learned to ski as adults which is is rather tricky but um and you know we haven't done a lot of it but it's something that I just absolutely love and like literally my ideal job would just be skiing like not like a ski instructor or a ski racer but literally just like someone pays me to ski all day every day um which means I have to basically win lotto and pay myself to do that because that's the only way that's ever going to happen so I did need a bit of research for that one because I'm not an alpine ski racer, despite what some may think.
0: (laughs) Actually, you need to post videos of you going down. I've just seen you on the ski lifts, I think, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, and just standing around. And the problem is I'm always taking photos, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I love skiing. I go so frequently, here are photos of everybody else. (laughs) My wife can attest to the fact that I do ski and that I talk about skiing all the time. Yeah. I do love
0: skiing. Okay, well, let's
1: talk about Alone.
0: And now, yes, this Mm -hmm. is definite for everybody. And I will put it in the show notes as well. So anyone listening, if you've not read the book, it's incredible. You've got, well, I'm going to say you've got to read it. Obviously, you don't have to do anything you don't want to, but it is amazing.
1: But you do have to read it. But you do have to
0: read it, yeah.
1: (laughs) Because I I want to go skiing. Yeah, again. (laughs) Or listen to it. Read it or listen to it.
0: Where did you? Oh, listen. Yes, yes, yes. You've got a good narrator for that one. Where did you come up with a concept for the book? Because it's quite unusual. It's very, <laughs> it's very involved in terms of, well, oh, I mean, it's not too dissimilar in that sense, mentally to how Ask Me Again works. It's It's very mm-hmm. psychological. Loved mm-hmm. every minute of it. Had me questioning my own sanity. It's fabulous. So for everyone listening who hasn't read the book, maybe what's the synopsis of the the story and how did did you get it? How did it come to you?
1: Um, So the basic synopsis is we have uh, a woman Uh, and she, when we meet her, um, Celeste is about three and a bit years through a psychological study that she signed up for. Um, And the basic premise is that she is completely isolated. Um, So she has... No voices, like no television, no radio, nobody talking to her, um, no faces, so no pictures, no photos, nothing like that. So she's basically completely cut off from all human interaction, basically, except for sort of like uh, messaging, like instant messaging to to make sure she's okay. Um, and the basic premise of it is just, you know, testing psychologically for... Mars missions or whatever you want to call it, and she stumbles across well i'm not gonna she doesn't st she shoots her by accident um, <laughs> <laughs> big spoiler <laughs> big spoiler big spoiler she shoots her um only in the leg it's just a flesh wound it's not bad um and she shoots her because uh she her little sister who is dead um told her to uh thinking it was a deer, so celeste had a pretty abusive upbringing from her drug addicted mother and um so in the absence of human interaction she's basically hallucinating Um, so people that she knows talk to her, um, she can feel them touching her, things like that, so she's having all sorts of sensory uh, hallucinations Um, so she shoots this hiker uh, Olivia, uh, who she then brings into the habitat which causes all sorts of issues because um, she's going to get a whole lot of money at the end of this, this study, like half a million dollars if she Sees out these four years, Um, and it sort of just goes from there. Is her questioning whether or not Olivia's real, and it's uh, and it sort of just goes from there. Is her questioning her sanity and um and how she learns to interact with this this uh, this person when she hasn't sort of seen anyone for a while. So that's the the basic synopsis
0: perfect absolutely perfect and the whole experiment idea the whole being in you know being in isolation like that being on your own how that would affect you mentally how your Mm, mind would adapt in order to keep yourself company what you would need to do to uh, maintain that level of sanity but then also you then question what's real and what's not real and having that external element brought into the compound to then see how she can adapt is really where did the concept come from
1: Originally, I was just, I wanted to write an antagonist to lover's story. And it just sort of started off as me thinking, well, you know, what if you were forced to live in close quarters with someone for a long time and, um, you know, you hated them. And then, of course, you, know, you you learn to love them because that's just what romance does <laughs> to people. And it just evolved from there to something, well, what if it was just one person there and, and it was for an extended period of time and, you know, someone showed up and how would you react to that? and then of course I started thinking well, what sort of person would do that like why would you voluntarily isolate yourself and I mean money is a huge motivator but even with that amount of money and I think um, I've seen some discussions is everybody says even you know you couldn't pay me like you couldn't but for someone like Celeste who, who, who did have an abusive upbringing and sort of you know I think has always sort of gotten by financially as an adult but the lure of that uh, and just that sort of there's a lot that doesn't make it into the books um oh okay you know but that but that i have in my head and i sort of think like i've always just got this sense that she has always felt isolated even with you know these friends that she had you know real friends on the outside and and that she always sort of almost blames herself for the way her life sort of turned out um i mean the only reason (laughs) The only reason I I gave her hallucinations was because I was writing it and I was thinking this is really fucking boring. Like it's just one person. Like she needs somebody to talk to. So, Who is I mean, I thought so I'll give her some. I'll give her some imaginary friends. And I thought, no, you know what? Her um people she knows, she can actually um they she can, can visit have her. Them talking to him. that's yeah. it. They can and visit it, her I mean, in have,
0: her head, yep, in her dialogue, yep. in her. Outward interaction with her
1: environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I sort of have seen people say, you know, is it just, you know, manifestance of her psyche? Is it this and that? Um, And it's interesting because people got really involved in it and I was like, I just wanted to write a really interesting book. Like I didn't really think all that that deep into it. Um, And to me it is just, I feel like the voices sort of came to her and gave her what she needed at the time um whether it be encouragement from a friend or a sister or um from mother that self-flagellation aspect of of um of the guilt and um and the self-loathing that i think comes from being uh a child from a, uh, an early abuse sort of thing so so um to me it is it's all Celeste it's 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 just her finding a way to cope and and process the feelings that she's having so
0: yeah whether or not you intended it it's actually I think it's an amazing vessel or you know a bit of reading material that can help you question your own mind in terms of how Mm. you process things or how you would Mm. deal with the same situation Mm. and what I loved about it was her self-discovery and how actually Mm. she grew as a person and a character coming out of the experiment as well and then what happened beyond that how she almost forgave herself it you know I know that sounds very warped and weird because she had nothing to forgive herself for but and then forgave those around her almost that kind of collective growth if you like um and yeah I was I managed to figure out who Olivia was. Mm, as you should. As you should. And that's intentional. Yep, Lovely. absolutely. Yep. Brilliant. Okay. I mean, when well, we spoiled already, haven't we? Um So I was just, I've been cautious but Like, we've were done you? it already. You did. No, no, God, we've already
1: spoiled it. God, everyone <laughs> knows. <laughs>
0: everyone
1: knows. <clears throat> but at Spoiler one point, alert. Is Olivia is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at one point, I wasn't sure. Well, I, I really questioned myself with the whole chessboard when they're on the table together and she looks back and the chessboard didn't move. And then I'm like oh no damn it really (laughs) because I wondered at one point as well is Olivia I wasn't sure if she was in a perhaps in a coma state or a she totally regressed state and Olivia was perhaps the voice she was hearing in terms of some sort of of therapy or a counsellor that's, yeah, that's well, what I'm that would be yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. God, I should have done that instead of just a real person.
1: God, yeah. I should have made it well, way I, more interesting. I, I had
0: no idea where you were going to go with it, but I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I loved the conclusion as well. I thought it was – if you hadn't done that, I might have sworn at you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it was – and, I mean, uh, I think if you read the blurb, it's fairly obvious uh, when that when Olivia turns up that she's she's part of the experiment, Um and for those who sort of uh, discovered who she was exactly um, with regards to um, previously being in Celeste's life uh, within the experiment. So I'm spoiling, but not really spoiling. Um, yeah, but but that's what I really wanted. Uh, I really wanted that and I wanted it for a number of reasons. Um, the biggest one is being a first-person book and being stuck inside uh, Celeste's head the way we were and that immediacy of first person present tense and as a reader um, being stuck in her head while the reader knows that Olivia's involved but Celeste doesn't and so having that sort of um, I want to say juxtaposition but it's nine o'clock and I've had a few beers. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean yeah. You know but having you know having those two things sort of clashing against one another and even writing it it was really hard because I'm like well I know what's happening but Celeste does not know that that Olivia's involved and that Olivia's part of the experiment I I really wanted that and I wanted I mean I guess for lack of a better phrase I wanted that mind fuck for the reader to sort of cuz what a thing to be stuck inside someone's head who's completely clueless um while well, you're not so
0: and on that how's the feedback been about that point <laughs> <laughs> What's the feedback about the book generally? <laughs> um, Cause, uh, it did has... you break rules? I mean, I say rules. I had a discussion just the other day about you know the lesbic rules in terms of what one shouldn't and should not put into books. Uh, how's the feedback been? Uh Overwhelmingly
1: positive. Um, and I knew it was a book. I mean, I, sh- I say overwhelmingly positive, but of course there's some people that don't like it because some people, you know, you can't please everybody. And I sort of n- always knew it was a book that people were either going to – Love or not, and I knew the exact reasons that they weren't going to like it, which has basically been what it is. Is uh, a sort of I mean, one, it, I mean, it is weird, it's intense, it's a little bit dark, um, but it, I, I don't actually know. Bugger that it's not, I don't think it's dark, it's but it is intense, um, yeah, it's psychological, it makes you think it is psychological, yeah, and um, and I knew the reasons that people wouldn't like it was because they would see a power imbalance um, in that Olivia coming into um, the habitat where Celeste has been living is a manipulation of sorts without being a manipulation, if that makes sense. It can be so perceived that way, yeah. It, exactly right. It can be perceived that way. And I, I tried really, really hard to show, um, you know, that Celeste consents to absolutely everything that happens between them. Because um, I write romance, so there's sex. Um and that her feelings were real, but even as they're real, she's sort of questioning them in the context of her insanity and the, the whole time. And habitat. That's it. So, and I knew that that would be the reason why people sort of found it a bit like, Ugh. and and trying to show that for Olivia that she was just in a really difficult sort of situation, like being in love with this woman for, you know however many years and and not being able to express that and then finally being able to to come in and express that um it is tricky um but like i said to me 100% consensual all the way through but i mean at has a power imbalance between Sabine and rebecca uh turbulences between a boss and an employee um it, persona, a theme. De- it seems like <laughs> i've got a type don't i like power role plays Oh my goodness! Oh. I'm typecast myself.
0: <laughs> Just put some letters after your name. I will. <laughs> Just one last thing on um, alone because will you will you ever write anything from Olivia's point of view? Do you think?
1: Uh, Has anyone asked you to? They probably have, like on Twitter, and I've sort of gone, "Yeah, that's cool." I mean, I would, I would really like to. But the problem with that is I'm so busy oh, right. uh, with other projects. And, you know, like yeah. I have a full-time job and, uh, you know, like a bunch of stuff going on in my life coming up professionally and, and whatnot. Wow, that sounds really cryptic. No, I'm not having a baby. Uh, that's um, good. You keep it.
0: <laughs> you know, because w- when she, when Olivia comes onto the compound and that whole scene that you described earlier, wow, it, I would love to know what she was thinking. I did not sign up for this. She just fucking shot me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: And, you know, to me, she didn't expect that. And I think what's yeah. really telling about it is the fact that Celeste never actually says, I'm sorry, I accidentally shot you. Like, it's sort of alluded to. Um, but she never says, oh, you know, I thought you were, you know, a... Um, God, what is it? A deer or whatever it was that... Resisted. Yeah, a deer. You know, she never actually says, oh, sorry, I thought you were. She just sort of goes, you know, you shouldn't be here. I'm sorry. And to me, that... I think really kick-starts the whole thing that I hoped where people would sort of go, the fact that Olivia's so accepting of it and never really sort of, you know, and, and poor Celeste who just wants to be loved so much and wants to be needed that she sort of just, you know, just goes along with it because she wants to believe it, um, which I think is true, yeah.
0: Such a good yeah, book. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I highly recommend it to anybody and everybody. It's a great story, great book. It's, great book. yeah, great yeah.
1: It is. I mean, and the weird thing is, is it's it's quite intense. And even having written it and edited it many times, I sort of it wasn't until I listened to it on audio. I sort of went, "Who the hell wrote this? Like, this <laughs> is really this. Is, you know, like I'm I'm generally and same with that. ask me again. Like, it's it's pretty, you know, it deals with some deep stuff. And I'm generally pretty happy. And I'm sort of like, oh my god, like <laughs> Good. deep, like intense books. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I, I need to write about puppies. <laughs> in time (laughs) but they're brilliant absolutely brilliant so thank you uh, of your books do you
0: have a favorite and why
1: would it be you know that's the worst question in the world (laughs) I hate favorite questions because I'm always like um but I will answer for you you. because I I can give you another one (laughs) no that's fine it's only because I like you um I do um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out a little bit and say I love them all, and I love them all for different reasons. Of course, I'm gonna give two answers. I'm gonna say I love Alone at the moment because, and this is gonna sound so egotistical, be I think it's my cleverest book. Okay. Um, and I think I like a I really like a lot of the words in it and okay. a lot of the the phrasing. But I actually would have to say that my favorite book is one that I haven't published it, and I actually may never publish. Um. It's called cool. Lena. Uh, it's a th- historical fiction, and it's what I always—I have this spreadsheet that's got all my works in progress, and it literally says, "This is my heart book." <laughs> like it's oh. <laughs> in red, in red and capitals, and like underlined and bolded, and it's just like, "This is my heart book." Um, wow, it's um, it's so personally important to me that I'm I'm afraid to to publish it. Um, it's first draft finished, needs uh it needs work obviously, as all books do, but um, yeah, it's a historical fiction. Uh, oh, wow! Well, maybe,
0: maybe in a few years you might change. Your yeah, mind I might
1: get the guts to publish it. Yeah, it but um, who knows? Yeah,
0: <laughs> now what yeah. are you writing at the moment? Well, actually, sorry, first off, let's talk about you've got a new release coming up. I do, that is in uh, November.
1: It is actually, I have. I, uh so I have a new release in November, uh, If the shoe fits, which um if people like to ask Helen ask me again, they should love this one. Woo-hoo. Um so it's set in the same universe but it's from Sabine's sister Yana's point of view. So she uh, if you know I Yana. Love she is a, relationship, I love their relationship. She's she's <laughs> she's good fun. Um and she's also a serial sort of man and spitter outer. Um <laughs> and she sort of just went, you know, maybe there's a reason. Maybe I can't find a guy because, you know, the right person for me isn't a guy. So, um Controversial. Oh, that, yeah. Uh and it also came about because I really wanted to give people who love Sabine and and Rebecca um. A really happy ending so in the background of that book um, spoiler alert is uh, Bridezilla Sabine um, oh. and Benevolent Beck um, <laughs> doing the final sort of uh, planning for their we call it a wedding um, and it is uh, it's a ceremony but I mean it's convoluted just read it um, so that's sort of going on in the background um, so they get their full happy ending and Yana um, gets one too so, that's oh, out in November. Brilliant. But, um, yeah. Uh, the audio of Turbulence is also out early November too. So oh,
0: wow. Is it the same narrator? Yeah. Uh, it, I believe alone? so, yes.
1: Okay. I th- believe so, yes. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, busy. Well, How I'm not exciting. busy cause I'm, not radio- I'm not narrating I'm not narrating it. You're not reading it. it? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got to go, hey, guys, here there it is. Everyone, please, you know, like, listen to it. Buy it. Brilliant. It's great. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, and now,
0: mm. anyone that follows you on Twitter will know you've been busy mm-hmm. writing a story at the moment, and it's uh, not in
1: your uh, comfortable first person zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so far out of my comfort zone; it's practically on like Pluto. <laughs> it's, Tell it's, us what you're writing,
0: if, if you can, um, if you're able to divulge, uh, you know, any parts of what it's about. But also,
1: please talk to me about the third person. <laughs> and are well, you writing. you're still alive? <laughs> <laughs> Barely. I'm writing a book. And uh, it's one I've been thinking about for quite some time and it was just an idea I had and uh, my best friend while we were hiking and I was like, God, wouldn't it, I don't even know, God, this is, this is my life. Like I was just sort of walking and I was just thinking about, I don't even know what I was thinking about and I sort of turned to her and go, how funny would it be if like one of death's minions was like on earth and they were like this big high power you know CEO and then they sort of had to administer contracts and they called their assistant in and they were like you know here's your death contract oh by the way can you make me a coffee and like how bizarre that would be like just to sort of like throw it on someone like that so uh we have Morgan who is uh I call her a mortal and she is technically uh, immortal but only cuz death doesn't allow her to die um so the basic premise is before you die at some stage in your life you have to sign uh do like a little quizy, you know like on a scale of one to ten how much how well do you did think... you do? <laughs> do yeah like you know like I think um you know like I think uh racism is acceptable highly oh, agree disagree okay. you know like you know those sort of really weird kind of quiz things to to basically determine where you'll get put in your afterlife Wow. Um, so uh, so Morgan is is head minion. So she's basically Death's right hand woman. Uh, Death is also one of her exes, which so they have a really interesting sort of relationship, which is is quite fun because um, you know Death is actually just a a really she's a woman, so you know because multitasking. And then we have Jane Smith, who is deliberately called Jane Smith because I just wanted her to be really really just just boring and plain. Um, who who works for Morgan, um, and Morgan's had a bit of a crush on her and vice versa, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the time comes when Morgan's filling in um, for the the minion, Death's minion, who would normally be uh, taking care of the Americas region, and she has to administer this contract to Jane, which of course then outs her as one of Death's minions. So everyone knows about them, but Jane obviously didn't know. So it becomes this thing, and Jane's like, well, that's really like what the hell and she decides that she's not going to sign it um, unless Morgan helps her right. with her bucket list because you know she's got unlimited resources so it sort of spirals from there of of them completing these things you know like um, going scuba diving on the Great Barrier Reef on Heron Island which is a place I've been and I love um, visiting the Eiffel Tower, um, expensive champagne, taking her mother who she cares for and stuff like that. So as they're doing all these bucket list items, they're sort of falling in love. But um, Morgan being like 700 years old or something. Um, and she's British. So there you go. I had to do a lot of research on that. Um, Whoa, love it. Yeah. she's And she's actually from down near Brighton. So, you know, the running oh, jerky nice. she's She started the LGBT scene like well, 700 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So she's, it's all her. <laughs> and having lived for so long, she, yeah, so she's had – uh, a woman who, a mortal woman who she loved and, and you know, lost because people die and, you know, is basically that wonderful cliche of can't open her heart to love again, but of course she can because you know, and I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that of course they're going to end up together because it's a romance, but how they get together um and how they sort of move past that issue is the fun stuff. But yeah, it is in third person. And
0: how are you finding that?
1: I hate it. <laughs> 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 Um, the the problem I'm, I mean, if anyone's r- read my stuff, uh, I mean, you know that I, I I write in first person pretty much exclusively. Yeah. Except for Lena, my historical fiction, which is part third, past first Ooh. teaser, teaser. I got in this mindset that people don't like first person, and they they don't like not knowing what multiple characters are thinking. And I sort of just got myself in this real state, and I thought I'm going to write it in third person, wow. and then it it grew from there and it became like a challenge like yep i'm i'm going to do this i'm i'm, I'm going to write it and I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna see it through and um the problem that i'm having with it is i mean technically it's the writing is is i mean inverted comments it's good like the story is okay like the sentence structure is fine everything but i feel incredibly disconnected from the characters um in a way that i've never felt before you know like writing in third in 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 first person you're right inside a character's head and i'm and i'm sort of get almost to the point where you sort of experience the emotion as they're they're doing it which is both a good and bad thing um but this third person caper is hard it just feels it feels really distant i almost feel like i don't know the characters which you know with the deadline of um the start of next year and um and, You know, like 84 86,000 words, I think I'm up to now. Wow, is, is a little, it's a little bit problematic. So, um, That's
0: huge. Do you know what? A fair play to you for doing that, and you know, it's kind of if you've ever thought that and whether or not it's been spoken about, I don't know, online or whatever, first person's great. I don't have an issue with it at all. I think it's fantastic. No, neither. And I'm sure you no. speak to anybody else they say the same thing. It's actually quite enjoyable to get really inside somebody's head. It's fantastic. Mm. And if you've got the opportunity to flip sometimes in books where people go from character to character or on the chapter basis, that's great. Or if you focus on one, that's e- equally fine as well. Mm. It, oh, it might surprise people to learn, I don't know. When I'm reading books, sometimes I don't even notice whether or not it's first or third, if I'm into it.
1: Exactly a, right. I don't do you know either. what I mean? I... I don't,
0: I'd don't. i have to necessarily go and pick a book up to. if someone was asking me, oh, I couldn't tell you if it was first or third. No, no, uh, you no. know, it's the book, it's the content, it's mm. the writing, it's the story. So fair play to you for trying and actually going ahead and doing that. And that's season the day right there. Bringing it back to season the day. Boom. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Oh,
1: good. I've Put done a, it. Back yeah, I've done it. Thanks. Done. Have a good sleep. <laughs> uh, but you do. I really, you know. Oh, no, Say If
0: it's given you anxiety as well, I mean, you know, fair play. I can't wait to read it. I'm sure it'd be absolutely fantastic.
1: It'll be okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> like, it, it will at least hit okay Then I mean, I'm a perfectionist not, and I want it... To, I want it to be good. Um, so I've decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish the book in third person. Um, I'm going to give it a quick sweep through and just see if I can just just deepen it a little bit and sort of see if I can just get a little bit more inside um, the characters' heads, um, which involves a lot of asides, like, you know, I'm an idiot, she thought, you know, for lack of a better yeah, okay. you know, little snippet. Um, and I'll send it off to... Um, My best friend and um and I'll give it to wife who are my what I call alpha readers so they basically get to read um a very quickly edited first draft and they tell me if they think the story works and I'm I said I'm sort of on a bit of a deadline so the idea of changing the entire thing to first person is a bit daunting especially it is two characters chapter by chapter because I just um I find, I find writing two characters quite hard actually and, and I did struggle with it in AMA which is why it went chapter by chapter because it just gives me more time um, to stick with them. So it may be in third person. Um, I may just give myself like an impossible challenge and decide to change it all to first. I don't know. But yeah, you can't see it. And I just have this overwhelming sort of sensation, you know, because the response to my other books has been, you know, over, overall really positive and I just have this you know this annoying little niggly negative thing in my head that just says that this is the one that's gonna like bring it all down because it just doesn't it doesn't feel deep you know it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like my other ones um which is a good and a bad thing um it's it's bad for me who enjoys being in a character character's head but it's good to sort of step outside my comfort zone also I keep telling myself we need to get One you some positive
0: brain. mantras written up on a board we do. to read on a daily basis,
1: turning that you negative it. to positive. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give Max you a schedule. Power. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Please do. <laughs> I'll
0: send you a couple of the podcasts. We listen. Yes, I've got this wax. I can do this.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm going to get a big piece of paper. I'm going to write third person, and I'm going to draw a massive love heart oh, around
0: Yeah. It. I am a third person writer. <laughs> I love I, am, I can person. do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I love this chat. Right, okay. I've got f- some fun questions for you. Are you up for it?
1: I do. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I hope we have the same definition of fun.
0: <laughs> do you sleep on the left or right side of your bed? Or which side do you sleep on?
1: Now, it's a confusing question. Are we going as we're lying in the bed or as we're looking at the bed?
0: Let's do lying in the bed. I'm on the left. Oh, okay. I'm on the right. Oh. Yeah.
1: Snuggle. And that's only because... Um, <laughs> When we first started dating, um, my bed was pushed up against the wall. And because I get up to pee like 5,000 times in the middle of the night, I had to be able to do that. So that's just sort of how that eventuated. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, okay, second question. You are a gamer. What? Pardon, forgive yes. me because I don't game. So this is probably a staff uh, question or whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> is it, you hit Podcast the over. <laughs> 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 what is your favorite game or what do you play on or...?
1: Um, I'm a PC gamer, um, so I play on my computer, uh, and mostly that's because I start I you know old like Commander Keen and old old PC games. Um, my mother actually got me into World of Warcraft, um, which I actually I I was really into uh, raiding and and I was running a guild, which you know means absolutely nothing to anyone who doesn't <laughs> play it. Um, but, carry on. but when I started. <laughs> Carry on. This is a really interesting story They have no idea what it's about. Um but, but when I started writing I sort of had to I I sort of had to give it up. Um my current game obsession and I have um almost three hundred and fifty hours is actually Call of Duty World War Two. Um so it's player versus player and this is I mean, talking about my ghetto, um, horrendous internet, it's really, really hard because, you know, what I see like has already happened and they're like and you're dead. So um <laughs> I'm actually going to the US in March and um, and the people I'm going to see, one of them is a, a Call of Duty World War II player. So I'm going to play on really good internet and see if I'm actually just a really crappy gamer or if it is my internet. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we'll see. if I Either I, I really do suck or I can actually legitimately blame my internet. So, oh, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny is I like um, – I need first-person games. So I, I can't handle games where you're looking at the character from behind as they move around. I find it really disorienting. I have to be like – it has to be like my point of view. So that maybe ties into my love of first-person. I even hate third-person gaming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now you've also just come back from skiing. You're a skiing lover. Do you ski or do you snowboard?
1: Ski, absolutely, 100%. Ever snowboard? Um, <laughs> ah, let me just cough let me just cover that out. Um we we actually went um with a friend to New Zealand, I think it was about two thousand and seven, it was just after my wife and I had gotten together. Um two thousand seven, let's just say two thousand seven. And we were like, snowboarding's so cool, let's just like try, try snowboarding because skiing just looks like it's for old people. Um we spent the three of us spent um, two days on the bunny slopes. I've never experienced such excruciating ass pain in my entire life. Oh, really? I spent more time falling on my ass than I did anything. I couldn't make turns. I couldn't do anything. So, um, after two days, wife and I said, "Fuck this, we're going to skiing." <laughs> um, friend stayed snowboarding, and we watched as they <laughs> spent all their time on their ass. <laughs> um, picked up skiing and never looked back. And and the thing that they say is that. Um, snowboarding is incredibly hard to learn but easy to master. Whereas okay. skiing is easy to learn but hard to master. So, um, right. yeah, snowboarding's the tool of the devil and I absolutely hate it. And when you're skiing and a snowboarder who can't see behind them rams into you, um, it makes me want to whack them with a the ski <laughs> Stop Sorry, snowboarders.
0: <laughs> Bless you. We love all snowboarders and we love all Jane Smiths as well. I love everybody. Yeah, love everybody. <laughs> um, I've got two more questions for you. Final ones. I asked these two to everybody. So um, what okay. was the oh, last okay. photo? Well, I'm not special. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Jeez, come on, Ellie.
0: What was the last photo you took on your photo stream or on your phone?
1: Uh, let me have a look. Uh... It's a photo of my cat on my chest the day I came home from New Zealand, because my wife is still on a scuba boat, so the cat was ultra needy, and it's her doing, um, she's what we call bundling, where they tuck their paws in, sort of, at the front. Yeah. Um, so, they're sort of, like, folded in, oh, and, uh, like, this and and we actually rate the bundle like so I'll get a photo and it'll be like she, from my wife and it'll just be like 9.5 bundle and she's only ever had like two 10 10 oh, out wow. of 10 bundles when it's really tight and symmetrical like a bundle so it's just her her nose and her little paws and um the buttons of actually the shirt I'm wearing right now
0: cute yeah cat I like that. yeah, Cats, yeah.
1: <laughs> my little Areno. don't get me started on the cat seriously I'll just talk for another five hours <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: let's go. Emojis. What is your most used emoji?
1: Probably the the red heart.
0: Oh so you're quite a yeah. softy, aren't you?
1: I do. I send yeah. that one a lot. It's just a random thing, like, hey, like I'm thinking of you and I'm too lazy to actually say it, so yeah, have a heart <laughs> And then that Actually, my last three ones are the heart, that funny laughing one. That's like the the sort of um, you know, less than and greater than eyes. You know, like we used to be laughing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: love those. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: In the skier.
0: <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably because I was complaining that I wasn't skiing, so like I was just sending random emojis. Yeah, but the top one is the red heart. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Don't oh, tell wait, anyone. I'm sorry. Don't it. tell anyone. I have don't a reputation. Exactly. <laughs>
0: This has been amazing. And now to the question, final one, Seize the Day theme. We're going to wrap this up with some advice from EJ Noise. For anyone who wants to go out and set out on their own or do something, maybe write a book since you're an author, I don't know, anything out of their comfort zone, what would you suggest they do in order to go and grab their goals? Or what kind of what kind of advice would you give them just to say, you know, get out and do it? How you started with your books, how you process that, got your publisher?
1: Um, I think the the biggest, I suppose, lesson I've learned uh through writing, which, which really carries over, um, to my other day is to like my everyday life is, is learning to accept, um, my own limitations, um, emotional limitations, um, you know, things like I'm really, b- I'm really bad at organization, you know, and, and I pants all my novels, so I don't plan anything. So, so learning to work around those, um, things and, and learning to let go of things um, that aren't beneficial to me, like fear. Um, you know, like fear fear of failure um, is huge when when you when you're putting work out for people to read and and to comment on and and to tell you how they feel about that. Um, so fear of failing or, or of producing work that's not good or or that people might enjoy, and 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 learning to accept that some things I just can't control. Um, you know, and I, and to a degree, I would say to a degree more than, like more than not, I think I sort of have a, a handle on that. But, you know, it's sort of a, it's a it's definitely a process when you've sort of held on to beliefs and, and uh, you know, just the way that you conduct yourself for such a long time, it is hard to change your whole thought process. But um,
0: no, I think that's, That's a great bit of advice, actually. Focusing on yourself in terms of how you see things, how you react to things and conditioning just to let go of what you don't need so you can move forward. Mm, That's a great bit of advice. Great bit of advice. Love it.
1: I did it. (laughs) I gave some advice. (laughs) Me. I'm patting myself on the back right now.
0: I've loved this. This conversation has been brilliant.
1: Indeed, it has. What a wonderful way to end the week.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, yeah, it's been My brilliant. My pleasure. Thank pleasure you for having
1: me. Up. I feel like I'm, a, you know, 10 years old at a friend's house saying,
0: thanks for letting me come That's... around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on next time. Do sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care. Look after yourself. Keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie miller all contact information can be found in the show notes, together with any links to websites I may have referred to in the show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please pop over to setheda-day.com where you'll find my other shows. And come and talk to me at Twitter or email me on NatalieMillerSnell at gmail.com Thank you, thank you, thank you.